Hello, and welcome to Success Stories. I'm Kendra Hall, Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine, and this is the podcast where we sit down with the brightest stars and the boldest thought leaders as they share their stories so you can create your own success story. I'm pretty picky about my inspirational quotes. You know, I'm not I'm not one of those people who collects a whole bunch of them. It's always been quality over quantity for me. I just need a handful of them. And one that I think about often, which I'll admit on its surface doesn't seem super deep is if cauliflower can become a pizza, you can be anything. I don't know. There's just something so true about that statement. And while you might think the guest today coined that quote, she didn't, by the way. And honestly, I don't know. I can't find exactly who did. She certainly embodies that quote on so many levels. If you've ever considered being or becoming something or someone that on paper you really have no business being, think cauliflower and pizza, just wait until you hear these stories. They are exactly what you need. Let's get to it. Today's success story is Gail Becker. Gail Becker is the founder of Cauliflower, one of the fastest growing health food brands in the country, all based on a mission to reinvent our favorite comfort foods one healthy meal hack at a time. Before becoming an entrepreneur, Gail was the former president of strategic partnerships and global integration at the marketing and PR giant Aldeman. She is also a mom of two boys with celiac disease who, after years of searching for nutritious, gluten-free options that weren't overfilled with fat, sugar, salt, and calories, set out to create the exact product she'd desperately been searching for. Now, you'll also hear in this interview that Gail is offering a special deal for our Success Stories listeners. We will put that coupon code and all the information you need to get your hands on some Power products in the show notes. Gail, welcome to Success. We can't wait to hear your story. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay, so I want to start... (laughs) I don't even, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. So, so let me ask with this, let me start with this question. Did you always envision yourself as a cauliflower veggie preneur? Was this like when you were, you know, five years old, you're like, this is what I want to be when I grow up. Let's start there. (laughs) Not even close. Uh, Not even close. Definitely not veggie. Although, you know, my mom would make cauliflower occasionally, but she, she'd make it with like this heavy white sauce, which it's funny. I would never eat now, but I liked it at the time. Um, But, uh, and so never a veggie preneur. Uh, I think my entrepreneurial roots were probably there. They were just sort of, you know, not watered and not nourished. And, you know, in some ways, maybe not even encouraged. I mean, it's all well and good. You know, people celebrate entrepreneurship and startups now. But 
you know, when I was growing up, it's like, you want to work for a big company, you know, you, you, it was just a different path that was encouraged. So, um, I think it was always in my heart though, because my father was an entrepreneur. So I, that was actually, I'm glad you said that perfect, perfect segue because I, you know, I think that there are, I think there are a lot of people who have entrepreneurship in their hearts. Um, but the stories that they've been told that the narrative that we've been given is do this, do this, do this, do yes. this, do this. Yes. Even for those people who have entrepreneurial parents, they guide them in the other direction. So I would love to hear a little bit um, about your father and, and that influence that he had that I think was delayed, right? As you went into this. So, so tell me about, tell me about him. Tell me about that. Sure. Very well said. So, um, you know, my father, uh, was an immigrant. Both my parents were, uh, I'm a first generation American. And when my father came to this country, uh, he had no family, no money, didn't speak the language, you know, um, and he had a small, he opened a small store in San Francisco where I used to work for $20 a day plus lunch on Saturdays. And it's interesting. And starting at five years old, actually, I rang the cash register. Uh, and, you know, it's so interesting to tell a story backwards. Like now that I understand that I had that perch from which to view having your own business. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the sales calls he would bring me on, even though I had no idea at the time what they were, I realize now how much it set the stage for what I would ultimately do. But obviously we have no idea that those are the bricks um, at that point. So, um, but I, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that everything I learned, I sort of learned from that perch where I sat ringing the cash register starting at five years old. It was only in when he passed uh, about almost five years ago now that something inside me really changed. And it left me with two really distinct feelings. One, I needed to do something more meaningful with my life, right? When you, when you sort of, when you lose someone close to you and you realize the fragility of life, you know, you realize that you don't have all that much time and, uh, you know, you better do something that you really enjoy. And then the second part is I realized when he left that I wanted to honor him by following in his entrepreneurial footsteps. So it was a, it was a path that I didn't know was being laid for many years. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think about, I think about that. I have a storytelling mentor who always says the story makes much more sense once you tell it than it did yes. when you live it. And, and I want to, I want to skip around okay. if I can a little bit here, because, you know, we could move straight forward, but I, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about this idea of being an entrepreneur parent mm -hmm. and like how, you know, so you were in your parent, you were in your father's store at five yeah. years old and, yeah. and I myself am an entrepreneur parent. I have two kids. Oh, um, yeah. So we're, two kids that I now homeschool. You know what? You just, you just, you just never know. But, but I'm an entrepreneur parent and I have 
many moments in my life. I know we have many entrepreneur parents who, who are listening to this podcast, who read Success Magazine. And, and I've had many moments in my life as an entrepreneur and a parent where I feel like I am failing my kids on I, I hope it's okay that I, that I be honest with that I'm like, maybe I'm involving them too much in work and I should have them be kids more or maybe, you know, like maybe I'm bringing too much work home with me. Now I know that you're obviously an entrepreneur, um, you have children. So this is a question that's coming out of the blue, but I wanted to ask you, because clearly you are way down the path of, of just winning at being an entrepreneur. And I can't wait to, Thank I can't you. Wait well, to talk awesome. about all of that. But what, tell me a little bit now, growing up as, as a child of an entrepreneur, now being an entrepreneur yourself and having children, do you ever feel that tension or can you shed any light on, on that yin and yang of, of that relationship between being a parent and an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. You know, boy, how many times do we all hear about work-life balance and, you know, and being a parent and all of, and trying to, you know, manage a career. And if there's one, you know, thing that I've noticed and a tremendous benefit to being an entrepreneur is I've got to include my kids every step of the way, including that very first phone call I made to start the business, I sat them down at the kitchen table while I made the call because I wanted them to see that, you know, it's never too late to bet on yourself. It's never too late to take a chance. And, um, you know, I, I, I left a really good career uh, and um, went into an industry that I knew nothing about. And I wanted them to witness it. And I have engaged them every step of the way. They have been my taste testers, my booth workers, my social media, uh, uh, you know, um, eyes, my, um, my critics, my, my everything. And every night at dinner, we, you know, we talk about business and their impact on it. I call my little one, my CMO, my chief motivational officer, because there's been many days when, you know, I thought I couldn't do it and he was there to cheer me on. So I actually think it's not only a gift that you're giving yourself by being able to, you know, intertwine your two worlds, but it's a tremendous gift that you're giving your kids. You're giving them the best kind of MBA that they could possibly get. And I can't wait to see how it's going to inspire them in their own careers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's, I have more, I have more questions <laughs> about that. In fact, I'm going to write, so you'll see me sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Like, like, yeah, love it. My, um, so, so let's go back, right? I said, I okay. wanted to fast forward. Let's go back. So you mentioned, and, and we, I want the listeners to hear, like you did not start out you didn't like move into developing this company as a, as an executive chef. So, so tell us a little bit about, you know, so you, you, you grew up uh, the daughter of an entrepreneur, you went to, so tell us about that progression and then that really great career that you left. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, I would say colleague, you know, the journey to colleague power was really three you know, moments in my life that all came to a crashing intersection at the same moment in time. So one, I had worked my way up the corporate ladder 
And to be perfectly honest, I didn't necessarily like the view. And I was just getting less and less enchanted with corporate life. Um, and it just wasn't, it stopped being rewarding to me. And I, I, I got to a point where I think is sort of the death knell, which was I stopped caring. Yeah. And when you stop caring, you know, that's it. And I saw that, but I didn't know what that would lead to. Right. I just knew that I was disenchanted. Then, you know, the passing of my father, which just put this whole new, you know, inspiration in me that I needed to do something to honor him. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I had to do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. the third was the idea. And the idea came about, I didn't invent cauliflower crust pizza. <clears throat> I made it once in my, uh, I got a recipe off the internet. There were 569,000 recipes. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you which one I found. Um, I made it. It was okay. Not great. It was all right. Uh, a couple weeks later, my son said to me, oh, mom, are you going to make that again? And I said, there's no way I'm going to make that again. It took 90 minutes to make a pizza crust after I got home from a full day of work. Who in that? Whatever has time for that. So, so I said, but I'll tell you what, I'll find it for you. And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. So, you know, if you can picture this, you know, virtual blender, I put all of these things in it, my, my disenchantment with corporate life, the passing of my father and the wanting to, and the desire to follow in his entrepreneurial footsteps. And this idea that I can't be the only one who thinks 90 minutes is too long to men <laughs> making a pizza crust and literally, and I, you know, hit blend. And what came out was, I know I'm going to leave my job and start a company called Golly Power. And that's ostensibly what happened. <laughs> hey, so <can> you, <laughs> I know it sounds silly. Like, no, I know it. This is, but here's, so here's the thing that I want to make sure that like, comes out of this and okay. like everyone who's listening is like yeah the the passing of your father that is i i have not experienced that i am not looking forward to that experience um realizing you don't like the view at the top of the ladder this thing that you've been climbing forever oh, you know right like like i people work their whole lives and then they get there and they're like this is oh, not <laughs> right yeah but then you add that third thing into the blender yeah which is it shouldn't take 90 minutes to make. Yes. I tried to make a cauliflower pizza yeah, crust. Like, I, it was like, <laughs> it was, I felt like such a failure. And, like, yeah. and even mine was so, like, the, it looked more like a Christmas cookie, like yeah. with a weird, like just a blob. It yeah. was, it yeah, was disastrous. And you said that right at the end, as you told us that whole thing. Now, keep in mind, what is, what are, what is cauliflower? Cauliflower. Cauliflower. <laughs> Valued out right now. Where are we at? I have ninety-five million in, in oh, our nineteen. Uh yeah, yeah. We're uh we we, we had close to a hundred in, in, in twenty nineteen. Yep, yep. And so we we're had, yeah. Yeah, so we're right around a hundred and you just said to yourself, or you just said as you closed out that story, you know, it sounds silly now that you think of it. So I just wanna make I just wanna make that right. I wanna make sure that we say that. That sometimes yeah, you Sometimes have to be a little silly. bit free. Yeah, well, you, you know, look, now, again, telling the story backwards, oh my God, that was so smart, that what you did, you, you right? No, it was ridiculously <laughs> stupid. It was like, let me just take everything I own 
and put it on a company in an industry that I know nothing about. But I think the takeaway is Cauley Power represents everything you can do when no one tells you that you can't. So what, why can't I? Why couldn't I do it? Okay, why not me? And why not everybody else? Because it always happens to someone. And the thing is, I never thought, it was never in the plan for Kali Power to be what it is today. I thought, oh, if I'm lucky, I'll have a nice little business. I'll try it. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. No idea. And so, and that's okay. That's okay. Um, but you know, you gotta, you gotta bet on yourself. So, so tell me, so tell me this, did you have, when you, you quit your job, Yeah. you're going to start this company that you, you know, nothing about nothing, nothing. Uh, right. Did you have anyone tell you that is crazy? Gail, do not do it. Like, did you have the naysayers? And if so, what did you do about that? Well, what I did, I didn't have the naysayers only because I didn't tell anybody. Mm. I made a strategic decision that I didn't want the naysayers. I didn't mm. want, I knew how crazy it sounded. I knew people would try and talk me out of it. Very well-minded people. Uh, and I thought, no, I don't really want to hear that. So I just didn't tell anybody. They were literally a handful of people all in my family who knew what I was doing. So when I left, I just said, I'm going to start my own company. Didn't even tell anyone what, what the, what the field was. Um, and it's interesting because a couple years after I started, I was listening to a, uh, a radio interview with the founder of Spanx, uh, Sarah Blankley. Mm, yeah. And it's interesting because she did the exact same thing. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. She didn't tell anyone what she was doing. Um, and you know, I think they're, I think that's like a self-protection almost. Um, and I, and I'm glad I did it. And I would, you know, everyone has to do what's right for them, but um, I'm really glad that I protected myself from all the name, naysayers because I'm sure there would have been plenty of them. Wow. You know what? I, I think what you just said that, and I hadn't realized that Sarah Blakely hadn't told no, I didn't either. either. I didn't, I didn't realize that because you, because I, I guess there are two schools of thought. There's that one, which isn't, you know, uh, celebrated often because, right, by its very nature, it's to keep it private. Right, right? exactly. Private. But, but we're also, you hear so much about when you have an idea, tell other people, you know, like if you can say it, it'll be it or, yeah. you know, any of that or like tell other people so that it holds you accountable. Um, and I think in... In the age that we're in right now, like if I don't post my workout online, right. did it even happen? Right. And so we're so obsessed right. with right. that outer okay. yeah. validation right. that we feel right. like, oh, I'm going to leave my company, I'm going to leave my job, and I'm going to do this, and that makes it worthy. But, but yeah. maybe it's better to tune out all that because it invites a lot of noise in. some of it, it invites a lot of noise and you don't have the time for it or the emotional energy and you know I always like you know nobody saw cauliflower coming nobody saw me coming nobody saw cauliflower coming and you know the element of surprise I think worked worked well for us I'm not look everybody at the end of the day has to do what's right for them and I know I'm not saying my way is the right way it was the right way for me um, but, but, you know, there is no wrong way. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. You just have to do, you just have to 
you know, trust your, trust your gut and know yourself well and, and, and not be afraid to admit what it is you don't know. I love it. I love that you just expressed this so well as an option for people that if they want to, they want to keep it to themselves until it's a full idea that that is clearly hundred million (laughs) that it, it works. So let's go back now again to that. You mentioned that you had your kids there. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about this first phone call. So you, you leave your job, you're, you know, you, you decide you're going to do this and you make this phone call. Can you, can you tell me about yeah, sure. that? It call? was a phone call to the only person I knew in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Literally, I had met one time uh, I met one time at some luncheon and, uh, we sort of stayed in contact a little bit and I, I called her up and I said, I have this crazy idea. I just need you to tell me if it's, if you think it's too far fetched and if it can be done. And she said, no, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I think it's a great idea. And that was the first call. I don't know what she would have. I don't know what I would have done if she said, Oh, that sounds pretty outlandish. Mm-hmm. I also don't know, you know, there's been many, many steps along the way where I have called different people, just people close to me who, you know, obviously knew what I was doing uh, and who gave me the the energy to keep going. Uh, I don't know what would have happened if, you know, I probably called. I remember there was one day in particular that was so hard and I could have easily turned back. I was at this fork in the road where, you know, I could have kept going and kept throwing more money at it and, um, you know, continued to go forward, or I could have just cut my losses. Nobody knows what I would have done. Uh, I would have got another job and that would have been that. And uh, I called four people that day as I tried to make this decision and all four of them said, no, you can do this, you know, continue. I don't know what would have happened if one of them said I couldn't. Well, I think the the answers when we asked for when we ask for them are placed in front of us. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But actually, so I want to know about this day. Okay. Tell, tell me about this this fork in the road day. So how far? So tell me exactly when was Kali Power found? Like yeah. when did it start? Yeah. Sure. So I left my job in May of 2016. Yeah. I launched in February of 2017. So until then I was working in my home office, which funny, you know, four years later and I'm not that far away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, And um, I, uh, and then, you know, in, in, so in February, 2017, we launched Uh, and And today, so we launched in 30 Whole Foods stores in the Southern Pacific region. And today we're in about 25,000 in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. So, so that was, so this day then, Mm -hmm. this day when it was a fork in the road, when was this day? That day was probably four months in, maybe four months in, Okay. four months in. Okay. So at this point, how much like do you have? Do you have packaging? Do you have a coat? Like what, like how, how far in are you four months in? Like, uh, I think had just identified a co-packer maybe, um, didn't have packaging yet. Uh, 
I was, but it was, you know, I left my job. I was living off my savings. Yeah. You know, money was super tight. Yeah. You know, starting a business is a money pit. I just kept, you know, throwing money in and, you know, obviously you don't see results for a while. And, um, you know, it was just, I, I sort of looked down, you know, yeah. you can never look down. You can't look behind you to see who's after you and you, you, you really can't look down. Or if you do look down, you need to surround yourself with the type of people who will lift you back up. And that, that was it. And, you know, I can't say that was the only day that I ever looked down, but I can tell you um, that ever since then, I've been able to get myself out of those moments. So who did you, so 2017, we have this day, this fork in the road. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually 2016. That was, oh, right. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was just like four yeah. months in. Yeah. I don't know about you at 20, year 2016 sounds a lot like a lot of people's 2020. So here we are. Yes, <laughs> here, here we are. You're having this day. You've looked down and you decide to reach out. Who are the four people, who are the four people? you call? You don't have to name them, but like, who, no, 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 I'm yeah. thinking like, who are these yeah. people that we I need call, on our team yeah. in these moments? I called, I called four people. I called uh, my lawyer. Mm. I called um, my consultant. So I started the, because I knew nothing about the industry, yeah. I, I hired consultants to teach me. That's the great thing about this country. You can hire anyone to teach you anything. So I called him. Which is really smart, by the way. I, th I, I, th I feel like there's a lot of people who just, well, I don't know. So I'm just going to figure it out. No, there are people who know. Just yeah. hire them. Hire just bring, them. bring coaches. Like who, they always say, Tiger Woods has a coach. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, you have to, you, you, you have to surround yourself with people who fill in the gaps and know what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we have the lawyer, I, we have I the consultant. My, I called my husband and I called my ex-husband. <laughs> Can we talk about that? That's an sure. interesting combo. Okay. Yeah. So you call your husband and your ex-husband. So yeah. what, so the whole picture here, we can see what the, the lawyer, the advice yeah. a lawyer would give. Mm -hmm. You can see the advice maybe that yeah. the consultant would yeah, give. Yeah, sure. Why did you call your husband? I've called my husband because, you know, look, starting a business is, it's physically draining. Mm -hmm. It's financially draining and it's emotionally draining. Yeah. And so I called him to, you know, fill me back up emotionally and, you know, let me know that, you know, he was betting on me too. And today, not since the beginning, so I started the company in um, 2016, but um, as of a year ago, my husband uh, is now my uh, CMO, my chief marketing officer. So he joined the company about a year ago. Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks. Oh, it's so, I work I with my spouse. I think it's good. I don't know what he would say. Well, but. we'll see. Yeah, it's, 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 okay, what a beautiful, and I think that is important because I think a lot of, you know, like when you, when you are an entrepreneur, it's not just you. It's, you mentioned yeah. your kids were there. It's your, it's your husband, you yeah. know, like it is. Okay, so we've got the three. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me about calling the ex-husband. I want to hear that. No, yeah. well, we're still close. You know, we're we're obviously a family unit. He's the uh, father to my kids, and uh, he know, he knows me very well. And um, you know, I was taking the whole family for a ride, and you know, I needed to know that you know they were going to be in the car with me. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was good. It was great. And they all said I could, and I was, um, it was a great day. I'll never forget it. Oh, I like that. I don't know. That makes me very, uh, that's a, what a beautiful story. What a beautiful moment. Uh, and I think for anyone listening too, like, it's really important to establish that committee, it right? Is. It's yeah. to have that, you, like you have the sound legal, like that's necessary, but like, let's not pretend that that isn't necessary, especially in the business that you're in. You need the legal support, like you need that. Yeah, totally. You need the business support, but then the other people who know you really well, um, who are going to give it to you straight to, to call out to them. Yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, as time goes on, you, you, you need to be your own cheerleader. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you, I'm sure, you know, folks around Los Angeles have seen this crazy woman driving, like talking to herself when there's no one in the car, because I've done that quite often. And, you know, I'm taught, I like, especially in the early days, I would say, what have you done? What have you done? What did you do? And, you know, like, you know, just, you know, breaking down in the car by myself and then having to pick myself back up. And I would say, no, no, you can do this. You can do it. And, you know, that's also part of the entrepreneurial journey. It, it is lonely because you do put everything that you have into building this business. And it's one of the reasons why, I've, to your point, I've always engaged my kids because, you know, I, I, I needed them right with me. You know, they were my, my, my comfort, my security. Uh, because everything else I had was up in the air. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's interesting. We're, so we're recording this. I'm not exactly sure when the podcast will be released, but we are in August of 2020, yeah. the year of the pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, I thought we would be like used to it by now, but it, I still get hit with this wave, with these waves of, yeah. um, of wow, course. I can't believe that this is my life. And, and one of the things is loneliness, honestly. So, uh, and aside, so, so I think it's really important to hear you say that. Um, because when you are an entrepreneur, even outside of a pandemic, that wasn't, it actually wasn't related at all. It can be, you can feel alone and that that isn't, and so, so what are some of the, because it is on you, like this is your, this is, yeah. this is your thing. So yeah. what are, you say that you give yourself the pep talk. So what are those, um, you involve your kids. What are some of the other things or like moments that you remember where you were like, you had to dig into yourself yeah. to lift yourself up? Do you remember any? Yeah, um, I, I would say probably the biggest thing is I think a lot the mistake that a lot of people make is they feel because it's their company that they have to know everything, mm. that they have to take ownership of everything, they have to know everything, they have to be able to answer all the questions. And I think it's really important for entrepreneurs, and, I, and I've tried really hard to do this, is to be really comfortable and confident in admitting what you don't know. Yeah. And then hiring around it. You know, you you cannot lift the weight of the world. So you come to the table with what you can. Uh, you know, there were a couple things that I that I, you know, brought with me to Collie Power. Um and then I felt really confident in saying what I didn't know and, you know, learn something new every day. I would leave meetings and literally the 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 lingo that the, that, you know, the retail industry, the food retail industry uses, 
I didn't even know if we got in the business or not. I'm like, did we get that? I What do all those words mean? I have Google no translate the food yeah. business. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the other thing I would say is that, you know, while it started off being my close little, you know, bubble of my kids and my husband's, um, I, the interesting thing is when we started to get a little bit bigger and when I was, you know, meeting people in the retail industry is how many people were cheering Kali Power on? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who you know, want the David to win. They want yeah. the, the, the yeah. small startup to win. And they, all those people that I've met along this crazy journey, they've all helped me. They've, they've given me advice. They've said, Hey, don't do it like that. They've, you know, texted me, you should ask for this, you know, all kinds of things that I never, never expected. So I really, even though it can be a lonely process, I actually never felt alone. Yeah. Well, so, and actually that was, that it's a good segue to the next. So I was uh, doing my research. I saw that there was a valuation of 5 million revenue in 2017. That's where you said. Yes, we had. And and then by 2019, we've already talked about this. You were at close to a hundred thousand. I I mean, I remember waking up in the middle night of in the middle of the night as a kid. I'm only five four, short. Didn't oh. didn't didn't. I'm not very tall, but yeah. I remember waking up with like growing pains, and my yeah. dad would come yeah. in and like massage out my my calf muscles, which yeah. really I wish I would have had more of them because maybe I would be taller. <laughs> I would imagine that from five million to almost a hundred. We had a, we had a, a year. So we, our first year was 5 million. Our second year was 45 million. And our third year was a hundred. Like, so, so, so tell me a little bit about, because this is, this is incredible. Um, were there growing pains along the way? Tell us about some of those like moments then. And even in the last two years, when you are just yeah. growing like crazy, do you remember yeah. some of those crazy days? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard because, you know, when you're a small company that grows fast, you need to punch above your weight Mm. and you need to sometimes, you know, you need to act a little bit bigger than you are. And it's hard at first when you're starting out because you can't find people to give you the volume that you need. Nobody wants a small, you know, customer. We're much bigger now and people pay a lot more attention to us now. But even just starting out, like, you know, the 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 the, the, the co-manufacturers would look at me and say, you want to make a pizza crust out of cauliflower? Like, are you crazy? Um, so like just trying to convince people to come on board to that this is a viable concept, that people are gonna want to invest money, that they want to quit their jobs and join the team. I mean, it is a constant selling job, and I don't just mean to retailers. You have to convince the world that you know Collie Power is the right bet, and there's nobody who can do that better than the founder, but there are a thousand occasions where there's every reason for, you know, the world to bet against you. Yeah. I, um, so it's funny, right before you joined the call, I was talking with our producer and he said, you know, have you tried it? Have you tried call of power? And I was like, no, because 
I just heard of you. So, oh, which, right. which I think is really interesting. I, it, it was maybe like, it was, it was just before this, like just before, yeah. or like just after we had scheduled this call yeah. and I was on Instagram and you know, a girl that I follow, a friend of mine was making toast on sweet potatoes. Oh, oh, the sweet, our, our sweet potatoes. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is I showed it to my husband, you know, we're trying to eat health. I don't know. We're trying to eat healthy. I'm like, look at, you can make toast out of sweet. And he's like, this is amazing. And I'm like, they have caught. And and then I realized that it was you. Yeah. And that we were going to be having this call. And I was, and now we're, now the grocery store where we are doesn't have it. So we've got to go back into the city and get, you know, like it was very. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you after offline, I'll tell you that there's lots of stories there that carry it. In Montauk? Yeah. Yeah, no people. Yes, yeah. I looked it up in East Hampton. I was like, "Oh, we've got to go." It's the oh, CBS in Amagansett, yeah. which, which is fine. Like we're making the trip. Yeah. Like when I realized, but I think that's what um, I think that's an interesting thing because cauliflower. Why do we keep calling it cauliflower? <laughs> cauliflower is huge, huge um, brand. I think what it's it's a really good point, and I think what it speaks to is the size of the pizza industry. So obviously our pizza is what made us famous. We do have other products. The other products are, you know, doing incredibly well. We now have close to 20% of our business being non-pizza, including our chicken tenders, which are the healthiest chicken tenders ever made. But, um, yeah, no, they're super good. I'm so Um, excited. (laughs) But, um, the, it speaks to the size of the frozen pizza industry. So frozen pizza is about a $5 billion industry. And just frozen pizza. And I'm sure many of your listeners would probably be surprised to hear that in the United States, there is close somewhere between four to 500 frozen pizza brands. Mm. And now we're super lucky because Kali Power's in the top 10. And we're the only better for you pizza in the top 10. But what you just spoke to on, on the one hand, it hurts my heart a little bit. No, I can't. <laughs> no, but that's okay. Uh, but on the other hand, it speaks to all the opportunity to, 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 to tell people about the brand and have them experience it. And, you know, I hope all your listeners, you know, follow us at, at Collie Power and anyone who's listening, you know, uh, send us a note and we'll send you a coupon for a free pizza. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is hard to always get the word out in a very, very crowded world today. Well, and I think that exactly what you said, like that there are, I am your audience. Like I, uh, like I cannot wait to make all of my people. Oh, like I'm I, calling my marketing team after this call and said, she didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. And like, and I had heard, like I had heard of, like I had heard of it, maybe I wasn't paying. And, and honestly, um, and in COVID, I wasn't, you know, you have to choose a designated grocery shopper. Yeah. Um, and people are and it was my husband. Store. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the problem. I think that was the yeah. problem, right? And so people even aren't spending as much time in the store perusing the aisles. It's just right. That's half the fun. Oh, what's new? So now, you know, and and we're not able to show up at concerts like we used to, or festivals, or all kinds of things that we used to. You know, we had a truck that made its way across the country. Those are all kind of things that we can't do now. So you know, having to take a massive pivot 
in order to, you know, continue to, um, you know, get people to try our product. So I was super serious about the the free pizza. Anyone who want just uh, mention your name and they get a free pizza. Well, and I do think, but, but the point that you made right there is you can be, I mean, you're top 10 of, of frozen pizzas. Yeah. And there are still people, including me, mm-hmm. who need to hear about you. And isn't, I, I just think that that is, I think it's so exciting. I do. I, like, like, and so I feel like there are, um, because I'm sure you've had that thought that there are like, even maybe not right now, like as you're like, your yeah. name is established, but like back maybe 2017 oh, yeah. where you were like, what, where are my people? I know that there are more people yeah. out there. Like, did you have, yeah. because they are like, sometimes it just takes time. Like I, I was going through the web. I'm like, they have chicken strips. They have all these different, like I, yeah. I, um, so I think that should give people hope that sometimes that it just, it, you can, you are the perfect person. You are the perfect match. Sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. Sometimes look, it takes time to, you know, particularly when you've chosen such a massive category, but you know what I would say too, I, I, I hope that inspires people that look at how big the opportunity is. Look yes. at how big the white space is. And even if there's a competitor or two or seven, you know, after you, isn't that great? Because look at the whole size of the market. And, um, and so that's exhilarating, you know, there's very few other, you know, industries and businesses where you, where you could say that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would choose to see that as daunting, but exhilarating is the right word. Oh my gosh. I love it. You, um, you aren't the person that came up with a quote that said, if cauliflower can be pizza, you can be anything too. That is not me. I take zero credit for that, but I do love it. But I do love it. I do love it. I've gotten many things with it, you know, over, over time, but look, you know, it's a great metaphor for the company itself. Yes. Because I feel like if I can do it, then anyone listening can certainly do it. Ah, I just love, yeah, I love that with no business. All right. So there's one, um, there's one other thing that I wanted to make sure that we talked about here. And that was, I found the blog that you wrote right when you were leaving your job and you were talking about the concept of doing what you love. This was written in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Um, and there, there is a lot of talk about you know, you should do what you love and follow your passion. And then you hear the counter argument of maybe you shouldn't follow your, you know, maybe you should just let your passion be your passion. You know, don't only follow your heart, follow your brain. So what would you, I want to know what you're thinking now, Mm -hmm. knowing what you know now about doing what you love. Uh, If I have one regret, about Collie Power, and I've I've done some things right. I've done a lot of things wrong too. I would... um, but if I have one regret, it's that I didn't do it earlier. Mm. I wish I would have d- done it earlier. Uh, and I think what people don't realize is how close I came to not doing it. Like literally, woke up that morning and thought, I'm not sure that I can do this, um, and that's okay. Um, but it scares me to think how close I came to not 
living this life and not doing what I love. Um, and, you know, look, I tried to start the business, you know, while I had a more stable, mm -hmm. you know, career. I couldn't do it. You know, I was traveling, I had a big job. There was just no, you know, and I had two kids and, you know, it's hard yeah. to start a company between the hours of two and 4 a.m. <laughs> uh, I would argue, however, that now during COVID is actually, you know, a great time to start a business mm. because, and to follow your, your passion. One, I think, um, you know, COVID sort of in some ways creates the same environment that my father's passing did for me that, you know, it sort of gets you to, you know, look at your life and figure out how you want to spend the time you have left uh, and what is meaningful and what is no longer meaningful and things that you thought really mattered actually don't and, and vice versa. Um, and, 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 and also now people have more time. They're not traveling. They're not, uh, you know, they're not commuting. So why not use that time to bet on yourself? Um, obviously it's not for everyone. It's the economy is, you know, awful right now. And so many people are, are, are losing their jobs, but sometimes all you need is a little push to, you know, do what you were meant to do all along. And, um, you know, I think that, and on top of that, we've never had more problems to solve. We've never had more, more, you know, more, more potential solutions that come from what well, will come from entrepreneurs. So um, I actually think the time is ripe for people to finally you know, follow whatever it is that they have always wanted to do. I've called it the great recalibration. Ah, love it. Yes. Great <laughs> recalibration. It's so true. Like all the things that we said uh, we were going to do or weren't going to do. And now said, right. you know, oh, I'm not going to travel so much. I'm going to spend more time with my family. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like, oh, Oh, no, you really are. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Really, yeah. Really happy. Exactly. exactly. So you mentioned, um, and, and we, we, we really could end the discussion right there, but I, I curious about this. You mentioned that morning that you woke up and didn't know if you could do it. Can you tell me about, was it the morning that you woke up to go officially leave yeah. or the, so tell me, I would love to hear about that morning. It, was the morning, it was the morning that I uh, decided I was going to make a major life change. You know, I was going to leave corporate life and I was really going to try this crazy idea that I had because I knew that I couldn't do it while I was, you know, safely tucked away in my, in my corporate life. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it took a lot of soul searching. I, I will tell you, you know, it's probably the first and only time I've had wine for breakfast. Um, <laughs> oh my well, god, maybe I not the it. only, but close. Um, hey, that's okay. A handful of times wine for breakfast. Handful of times up, I've had wine for breakfast. Woke up, you're like, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm to gonna have a glass of wine for breakfast. Yeah. And uh yeah, and um, you know, I, I really do credit, you know, my father. He a lot he 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 paved the way for this in so many ways. And I think, you know, and obviously 
you know, my kids too, they're, they, they both have celiac disease. And so I, I, I've always been conscious of what the industry was missing. And I guess that's a long way of saying that, you know, all these things in our life, all these little pathway stones are set, but it's only when you have this moment to reflect and look back that you can sort of, you know, weave them all together. And, um, and take a bet on yourself. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, boy, I'm, I'm just so thankful that I did. Okay. So what's next? What's next for a call? So we just have, uh, so we, we just launched a brand new product. Uh, it's our riced cauliflower in microwavable, recyclable and dishwasher safe cups uh, in three amazing flavors, never done before. Um, clean ingredients, gorgeous. Um, those are just rolling out into stores now. They got a little bit delayed because, you know, it's hard to launch a product in the middle of a pandemic, apparently. apparently. Uh, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> didn't stop us yet. Uh, so those are, um, those, are, those are in some stores now and rolling into many more by the end of the month. Um, and then we're constantly working on new products. We also, I'm, I will say, and you know, one of the great things about starting your own business is you get to, you know, help a lot of people and make a difference in people's lives. We have been able, so since our very beginning, we've been giving a percentage of sales to help build teaching gardens in underserved schools across the country. And recently, because the schools are closed, we pivoted and now we're feeding 100,000 people in four different cities by giving them boxes of fresh produce that we're buying from local farmers in these four cities. And it's really been extraordinary wow. to, to watch and see. Oh, that is just, that is just, I just have loved this conversation I've so much. It's so fun. <laughs> so, okay. So tell me what do they need to do to get a free pizza? So a couple things. First, just follow us. At and when I say power. they, when I say they, I mean me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll put this up your way. Uh, anyone else should like just DM us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook, DM us, tell them that you heard the, the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I can even get follow up with a code if that's easier. Uh, we can talk about that. Um, and, um, and then just, just say they heard the podcast and we'll be happy to send them a free product. We'll give them a coupon for a free product. They can use it on anything that they want. Oh my God, that is, was not planned. That is so generous. And, and, and again, now I've been seeing it everywhere. All of my friends, all of my most beloved people. Gail, thank you so much for thank sharing you. I your loved story it. today. Thank you. I loved it so much. Thank you. Thanks to everyone. We'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this conversation, look up an inch or down an inch and check out all of our previous discussions. You can find those at iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are sold. And of course, check out the latest issue of Success Magazine by heading over to success.com slash subscribe and get more inspiring stories like this delivered right to your front door. Be sure to give us a review on Apple iTunes and you can find me at KindraHall.com or on Instagram at KindraHall. That is Kindra with an I. I can't wait to hear the stories you'll tell. Until next time. Bye.